Welcome to the Almost There Adventure Podcast. Your hosts, Severia Tilden, Jeff Hester, and Jason Fitzpatrick. Hello, and welcome to the first episode of the Almost There Adventure podcast. I'm Jason Fitzpatrick. I'm here with Jeff Hester and Severia Tilden, and this is our first episode of what will be a monthly podcast covering all things outdoors. So why don't we start with some introductions? Jeff? Sure. I'm Jeff Hester, and I am the publisher of SoCalHiker.net and the founder of the Six Pack of Peaks Challenge, which is a hiking challenge that takes place in seven or more regions around the country. I am Severia Tilden, the founder of Adventurous Women, which is an organization or company uh, dedicated to getting women outdoors and also an outdoor educator and consultant in the outdoor industry. And I'm Jason Fitzpatrick. I'm a filmmaker and photographer and avid outdoors person. You may or may not know me from a mile, mile and a half. We do want this podcast to be for everyone. But, you know, we've all done some pretty cool, you know, badass adventures. Um, Severia, what are, what's been your favorite adventures that you've done? So um, Rainier was probably my most memorable because it was my first mountain. Um, I'd spent a lot of time out outdoors doing athletic things. So I actually, um, by the time I did, a Rainier had completed two Ironman triathlons um, and went on to do one more, so I've done three Ironmans. But for me, I didn't actually get into the outdoor stuff until 2011. So it was actually sort of much later in life for me. And so that's another thing that I hope to be inspirational for people is that I kind of, I went backpacking for the first time in my late 30s um, and climbed mountains for the first time in my late 30s and it just changed it literally changed my life just being out in nature in a way in the backcountry that I had never um, really known was an option and so Rainier is definitely one of the highlights for me I've done Whitney now once trail route twice in the mountaineers route um, so I like to spend time in the mountains definitely in the snow as well it's definitely a passion of mine um, and the thing that I really really love is actually educating and teaching others in the outdoors so i teach for the wilderness travel course with is which is a sierra club program here in los angeles um, and i love that because it's teaching other people how to safely get out into the backcountry, um, both rock scrambling navigation uh, hiking snow travel skills stuff like that oh gosh um i think probably the the biggest highlight for me was the john muir trail which i did i've done twice now um, the first time was in 1980. I was 18 years old. Oh, God. <laughs> That's a long time ago. Everyone's doing math. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's now figuring, that was before I was born. <laughs> Imagine the people listening to this 10 years from now, oh you know, trying to do that yeah, math. Yeah. And then uh, 30 years later, I did it again. And so that's sort of my pattern. Every 30 years, I do the John Muir Trail. Um, I've been backpacking and hiking for a long, long time. Um, I like to mountain bike. Um, I did my first sort of, it was a uh, semi-successful bikepacking trip on the Oregon Timber Trail this last year. So that was a lot of fun. Um, I've done a couple of marathons and a handful of uh, half marathons. Although I hate running, um, I think I got my best half marathon time on the Oakland half marathon, which I did not run to train for. I did 
indoor cycling exclusively. That was indoor cycling and hiking were my my training for that. Got my best time. Um, the most recent thing that I've done to sort of continue my education um, was wilderness first aid through Knowles this earlier this month. So a couple of weeks ago, I graduated from that and uh, really, really happy to kind of continue the education process. You're never too old to learn. I swear. Yeah. Um, I obviously, I love backpacking and probably the John Muir Trail, which, you know, many of you might have seen my movie, Mile, Mile and a Half, which documented my my trip on the John Muir Trail. That's definitely a highlight. Um, yeah, I had been backpacking, gosh, probably since I got out of college. So so since the mid-90s, I've been I've been doing a lot of backpacking and, and really like all over, um, all over the U.S. I've, I've, you know, backpacked in Norway, other places like that. And I just love that. Um, I love cycling as well. Um, I do that a lot. Sadly, I think I cycle more than I hike just because of the convenience um, of, of living in a city. It, it's a little easier to get out for a couple hours and do that for me. Um, I did, me and my friends in sections, biked the entire west coast of the United States. It only took us 12 years. Um, there was a lot of beer drinking along the way, and obviously we did that in sections, so it wasn't all one. Didn't We didn't start, and it then 12 years 12 later. Year trip. No, we didn't do like a mile. <laughs> we didn't do like 10 miles a day or a mile a day or whatever it would take for that, but that was a lot of fun. Um, and we're actually looking at maybe even going back and, and redoing the Oregon section this year, possibly later on in the year. So, um, yeah, and I guess recently I've also had some pretty cool adventures up in the Arctic, which are which I've really kind of come to love and appreciate, and I'm hoping to get back, back up there in the next couple of years. Yeah, so Jason, you know, we call this podcast the Almost There Adventure Podcast. Why Almost There? Yeah, Almost There. Well, the first thing ever released from the Muir Project uh, was a music video to our friend PB, who was also in the movie and is the, the genius behind the band Opus Orange. Um, a, a, a music video cut to his song almost there so I don't know it just seems like it, it almost there has always sort of been like a reoccurring theme or a thought you know like like you're almost there it's such an adventure thing you know it's just such a, a constant theme with everything um, and you're always as an adventurous person I think you're always you know trying to improve you're always trying to go further you're always trying to reach some other place so I don't know. I just felt like it really encapsulated um, the you know the spirit of what we were kind of talking about when we first planned on doing this podcast. You know what it means to me is that it's about the journey and not the destination. It's not about you know arriving and then and then you're you're done. You know, it's not about getting to the you know from A to B as fast as possible necessarily, but it's about what happens in between those points. And it's a good song. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. A great song. Yeah. <laughs> and let's get this started, guys. All right. Awesome. Sounds good. Because it's our first episode and because it's the beginning of 2020, we made it. Hey, um, we're going to be talking about goals and setting goals. Let's not look at it as goals for the decade, but yeah. what are goals for the year? One of my favorite things that we do at the Six Pack of Peaks Finishers Party each year is we ask people to share their adventure goals for the year ahead. And one of the things that we, we all, we take these multicolored cards and we pin them on a little clothesline. So it looks a little bit like a prayer flag that you might see on the, in the Himalayas. And uh, I love this thing because not only do I get to see and, and be inspired by everybody else's goals, but I have to share my own. 
um, this past year, my big goal, I have lots of them, but my big goal was to uh, through hike the Wonderland Trail. This year coming up in 2020, um, my big goal is to now climb the mountain we hiked around. So we're going to climb Mount Rainier. And um, there it is. That's my goal. Now, um, the thing that's, I think, powerful about setting goals is that it gives you a place to, a a target to shoot for. And and then you can work your way backwards and say, well, what do I need? What are the steps that I need to take to get from where I am today to where I want to be on May 8th, which will be the top of Mount Rainier? For me, uh, so I was signed up for my first ultra trail race. And that's in a big, scary goal because I'm not a runner necessarily. Um, and for me, I definitely feel as though for me, like personally, the goal has to be a little scary. So the goal has to be something big and a little bit scary because then I know I'm going to put in the work and effort to do it. Because in, for me, a long distance trail race is something I've never done before. So there's that fear factor of like, OK, well, I don't know if I can do it or you know, if I'm going to be able to finish, but if I, if I follow a plan that tells me I can do it for me and my brain, like that helps me. So I'm very excited to do that. And because now that I've met you in person, Jeff, I'm really embarrassed that I actually haven't done a six pack of peak challenge yet. So I feel like that is definitely one of my 2020 goals. I like it. I like it. So, uh, (laughs) otherwise I can't look at you for the next year. (laughs) Yeah. So eating a brownie a week, probably not a good goal. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's too easy, right? so easy. Yeah. So I, I am actually signed up to do Mount Rainier with Jeff. So so my biggest goal is not only to summit Mount Rainier, but to beat Jeff up Mount Rainier. <laughs> I, I don't care if it takes me six days. If it takes Jeff six days in one minute, then that's good. That's that's my goal. I, I'm, of course, kidding. Um, but, yeah, we're, we're both doing Rainier. We're both pretty excited. And that, that's my, my big goal, at least for the early heart, half of the year. And then, you know, possibly, you know, it's always nice to have something to train for and something to look forward to. So hopefully maybe something later in the year as well. Yeah, yeah, we shall revisit this in six months and see sort of where we're all at. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that sounds good. And since we're talking about goals, we've invited one of the founders of the 52 Hike Challenge, Carla Amador, to join us. Hi, Carla. Hi, you guys. Um, thanks again for coming on. We're, we're super excited. And uh, this is our first episode, so we thought we'd start off with a the theme of uh, goals. Um, so why don't you tell us about the 52 Hike Challenge? Absolutely. Well, thanks for having me on, first of all. And I love the idea of goals, and especially because we're coming up on the new year, which is a great time to re- to really revisit, you know, things in our lives. And that's, you know, that's kind of how 52 Hike Challenge got started Um, It was when I was going through a really, really difficult time in my life. I was going through divorce and, you know, what sprouted that was really the idea that I didn't want to feel the way I was feeling anymore and um, started getting out uh, outdoors and noticed that for the first time in a really long time, I felt hope. And, you know, in 2014, kind of as a personal Uh, challenge to myself, decided, you know, hey, I want to hike once a week, um, you know, just because I I felt really good inside and didn't think much of it, but that was my goal nonetheless. And my co-founder, Philip, decided to help me to tackle on this 
this hiking challenge. I, w I wasn't a hiker and, you know, he was an avid mountaineer and kind of was like, okay, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll take you on trails, et cetera. But so, so what I did was, you know, initially it felt overwhelming, you know, to say I'm going to get outdoors 52 times. But what I did was I broke it down into a manageable step. I said, you know, all I need to do is get out once a week. And that made it attainable. And I think that's the problem in, in, in life is sometimes when we think big, we get afraid. But if we just start breaking it down into smaller chunks, smaller pieces, that takes away that pressure and anxiety. And that's kind of what we, we wanted to do with 52 when, you know, I had this life-changing journey through getting out there on a weekly basis for a year and wanted to share that with people was making it manageable. That that really is like the key here is whatever goal you have, breaking it down into attainable steps is the first thing you can do to actually get on on track to achieving that goal. And did you start the challenge the same year you did your own or did you wait until like a, the next year where you thought this might be a good thing for other people as well? So I finished in August, I believe, or September of 2014. And I did Whitney in October. And when I was on Whitney, I felt this incredible need to share my transform transformation and my story and um, my co-founder's story and, you know, kind of thought to myself, you know, I want to write a book. And that's kind of how the idea started. But I, I got a logo made like a couple of weeks later and decided, you know what, why don't we why don't we challenge people to do this in 2015? But we launched like in December, I want to say it was like December 2014. And it just it just took off like we had no idea that it was going to do what it did. And um, yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty incredible. So it, it did launch the same year as my own challenge. Um, but it was like my intention was to launch it in 2015. And so for people who want to do the challenge, what's considered like a hike, you know, so like for people who are like, ooh, like hiking, like if you're not a hiker, that could seem in itself can seem intimidating. Absolutely. So what we did was you know, I don't know if you know Philip's story, but um, Philip is my co-founder, um, who is unfortunately um, not in the company anymore. But um, he lost 80 pounds through hiking, and we really wanted initially to target people that wanted to get in shape, and families, and kids, and people of all abilities. So we decided, if you can get outdoors, just one mile and just walk just go out and breathe get some fresh air that's that's it that's that's the requirement because you know when you are not a hiker or someone who who gets out uh like long out like lengths of time that can really be intimidating and i know for sure a mile is a lot more uh you know, palatable than telling someone, hey, you've got to go for a hike and it's got to be 12 miles, 10 miles and so on. So um, for us, it's not so much about 
you know, mileage. It's more about just getting people started on this journey of exploration and, 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 and walking, really. People don't necessarily have to do 52 hikes, like one hike each weekend, but they just have to do 52 hikes throughout the course of the year. Yeah, it's, it's you know, we, we know that, you know, life gets busy and there's going to be a week or two where maybe you can't get outside or you get ill or, or whatever. So we um, allowed for people to have flexibility and just say, hey, if you can't make it one week, go ahead and make up two hikes the following week, et cetera. So that way people also have that flexibility. And, and there's some people that take it very literal and they go on their hike religiously every week. Um, and then you have people that are like, I hike every day, so I'm going to be done in 52 days. <laughs> so it's pretty flexible. But we gave them that timeline because one of the things with goal setting, what actually one of the most important things with goal setting is to have a timeline and a date that you would like to achieve the goal by. That makes the goal uh manageable and also gives you that ability to go back and say, did I really, you know, did I work towards that? And um, so, so for us, it's really important that they do actually be intentional about trying to meet that goal in the 52 weeks from the moment they start. Awesome. And so do you guys count it from a calendar year or can anybody start and stop at any point? Yeah, people can start and stop at any point. You know, it's a personal challenge. And um, our mission really is for people to gain the physical, mental, spiritual, and emotional benefits through hiking. So it's like it's their own journey. You know, it's their own. It is what it is. We have different people that take the challenge for different reasons. And we really want people to feel um, that it was a journey they went on versus like, oh, I have to wait until, you know, next year to start. So... Awesome. And, and, you know, I'll address the elephant in the room. We have someone that has also founded a hiking challenge sitting right across from us. Um, so Jeff and, and Carla, I guess both of you, what, what year did you start the six pack, Jeff? 2015. Yeah. So, so did you guys know about each other? I mean, as I think you were online, doing I don't, we didn't really, I don't think know each other until after things got rolling. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I, I think I may have, like, when I first started hiking, I may have, like, looked up something online and I came across Jeff's blog. And then um, I know that um, we, we we started our challenge. And then I think um, around the same time, um, Jeff really started as well seeing, like, hey, this is a great concept. And it, it went really well hand in hand. Like, a lot of people doing the 52 Hike Challenge want to do the Six Pack of Peaks and vice versa. And I think there was just great synergy and, and a, a great opportunity that, you know, that we saw. And we kind of were both on the same wavelength, although a little bit different. Um, I really do believe that uh, Jeff's challenge is super impactful because I think the true inner growth for me happened when I was climbing the mountains more than when I was doing, you know, the smaller day hikes. And so that's why I really love, you know, the concept of working yourself up to doing the six pack of peaks when you're doing the 52 hike challenge. Yeah. And that's one of the things that's really great about how they fit nicely together is that, um, you know, somebody who's just starting out, they're not able to do one of the peaks in the six pack, you know, they have to start somewhere though. And yeah. doing the 52 hike challenge gives them a place that's manageable. So it breaks it down into manageable steps. 
You know, they can do a one-mile hike. They can do a three-mile hike. They can hike along the beach where it's level. They can hike in their neighborhood. They can hike on, you know, the regional park that's nearby. Um, it gives them a lot of flexibility to do that. And, and that's really what I counsel people when they ask, you know, like, how do I get started? It's like, just find a trail that's convenient to you and uh, go hit that. Yeah, beautiful. I, I love everything you said. And, and also the thing about it is um, that, you know, even in our own backyard, you know, there's so many trails that I never even knew about until I started just taking that first step and exploring. And so um, it's it's really cool to see that how, how you know, we don't think of, of hiking or walking. Um, we A lot of people think that and they think they have to go to a national park or some crazy mountain or something. But it's like, no, there's so many places that are like, look at Griffith Park, for example, right? I mean, tons of spots to, to, to walk and hike there. Right. There's like, I don't know, 60 miles of hiking trails in Griffith Park. So, um it would take a long time to try to cover every inch and every mile of trails there. I was at a, at a trailhead the other day and I was like, there's like over 50 hikes in this park alone. You could do your whole 52 hike challenge here to a friend. It was pretty funny. That's awesome. Um, do you, uh, as 52, as 52 hike challenge, do you guys have any meetups or do you do anything in person or is it all hundred percent people on their own journey, um, doing their own hikes and how do people and on that note, like, how do people sort of like let you know? How do they record it? How do they sort of share their journey? Yeah. So, um, great questions. So, first off, we do events. Um, mainly, it was myself and Philip leading them in the past, and then this year or the last couple of years, it's mainly been myself. And um, we do a couple of years, we do some events for REI called Opt Outside. And for those events, we actually uh, partner with with um, either, we have chapters, but they're all online right now. So the chapter leaders and then other partners, we allow for them to submit to lead a hike and co-host that with us and REI. So we, we just actually um, this year, just finished opt outside and did 15 hikes around the nation. And, um, and then, like I said, this year I traveled a lot and I, I hosted a lot of pop-up hikes around the nation, but in 2020, we are committed to, uh, allowing the leaders to now lead hikes. They are going to all be trained through a certification program that we've created. Um, and they will not be allowed to, um, lead hikes that are, uh, more than what we would consider in immediate hikes because of safety uh, and uh, liability concerns that we have had. Um, and so, you know, we, we definitely take uh, the, the most important thing for me is that people come to a 52 hike challenge event and that they get some form of mindfulness practice, whether it's a meditation, a journaling exercise, uh, whether we do a breathing exercise, we bring a special guest to do yoga. So all our events are like quality uh, events where people feel like they really got you know, the mindfulness that I believe nature has. So, so that's the, that's what we're working on for 2020. So I'm really, really excited for that. Um, and then, yeah, how do people track their hikes? Well, there's a couple of ways. Um, people download a log on our website. It's, it's a very fancy Excel spreadsheet we spruced up. Um, 
and or they can uh, they can actually submit. There's we have a form where they can submit their uh, hikes and uh, enter to win a fifty-two dollar gift card every month. People use social media to track their hikes, and then we launched our journal uh, this year. At, oh well, actually, it was just actually this time last year, and people can actually purchase the journal, and we have prompts, and then they write down like the hike number, you know, where they went, who they hiked with, and then thoughts, inspirations that came to them, etc. And and um, so those are those are kind of some of the ways. But you know, eventually, my dream would be to do something cool where we could track it online but uh you know we're not quite there yet yeah yeah we've had i mean we've definitely had about fifty thousand participants um and then that's officially signed up so we we there's a lot of people that do it unofficially <laughs> they see the hashtag and they're like oh we're gonna do this and they don't really sign up uh in in the traditional sense um but yeah we we've had about fifty thousand plus uh people and um now we're starting to get a lot of groups that are wanting to sign up like kids and uh, things of that sort but we don't take those kinds of um numbers in at this moment but you know, we, we definitely, that's something that I'd like to continue to track in the future. So I, I would say we're, we're averaging in the past, it was about 10,000 a year. Wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you. And Jeff, for people who'd be interested in doing the six pack of peaks, how does one, how does one go about and do that? <laughs> how does one go about participating? Like, yeah, like yeah. participating or like, you know, again, same thing, like sort of signing up for it showing that they did them yeah so um we have a website oddly enough called sixpackofpeaks.com <laughs> and uh that's where you could go and basically learn about what the challenge is all about um, one of the things that we've done is we've partnered with a nonprofit called big city mountaineers and a portion of all of the proceeds goes to big city mountaineers and we encourage people to support this organization because they're really doing a great thing to kind of bring along the next generation of outdoorists um, and working with kids in underserved neighborhoods, oftentimes urban locations where they wouldn't necessarily have the opportunity to go spend times in the outdoors. And this last year, they took their 10,000th kid on a week long, you know, wilderness experience. So it could be backpacking, it could be canoeing, could be whatever, but it's a really neat thing. And it, it transforms these kids' lives. So they can learn about the challenge at the website. Um, we have currently seven different challenges in different regions around the country. So we're all the way in New England. We're in uh, Oregon, Colorado, Arizona, uh, Northern and Southern California, and uh, we're growing. So uh, that's where they would go to find out a little bit more about it and how to participate. And um, when they sign up, they get a little more information about how to do that. They log their hikes through the website, which creates like a trail journal. And that becomes good beta for the other people doing the trail. So if somebody's doing a trail or a hike on uh, Mount San Jacinto, for example, um, I can go there and look at who else has hiked it recently and get some idea from the photos and their experience that they write, you know, what the conditions are like. Is it, do I need specialized equipment? or specialized knowledge to do this, or should I wait until the summer months when it's a little drier? Cool, and, and uh, since we're talking about future goals, do you have any uh, exciting plans for uh, 2020, Carla? 
Oh, man, we have some really great things we are doing. Um, some of them uh, include we we just launched our National Parks uh, Challenge, and that's something I'm super excited about. So basically, that is a lifetime goal, and we stuck to that number 52, but really what it is is we want people to make it a lifetime to, you know, make it a lifetime mission to be kids again, you know, to go explore, to go walk, to, 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 to really see our national treasures. And so what we are doing is we're, we, we launched this new challenge where they commit to a life of adventure is what we call it. And they basically have to at least hike one mile at one different park, um, for the rest of their like lives, essentially. Um, at least 52 so we allowed for them to count any nationally designated spaces because a lot of times people think only national parks but there's monuments and preserves and uh you know uh national scenic trails etc and they're missing out you know on on all these other opportunities to see our magical public lands so that's really exciting we decided to try for the first time um designing uh, new, uh, kind of like Jeff does, which is he does his annual patch, and we were like, you know, why don't we try that? And so we did that, and, and we just got our orders in, and my son was here packing everything up today, so it's it's really fun. I feel like I get to be a kid in a, in a way, like, to create things for people, and then we listen to the customer. Like, a lady just um, emailed me over last night and was like, hey, can you put some kids' things in the store? And I'm like, yeah, you know, what do you want? So... Um, it's just really fun. You know, it's so creative and people get super excited about being outside and, um, they, you know, I do know that it's hard for people to come up with, 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 with things sometimes like goals. And so this makes it really easy where they're like, oh, I don't have to think about it. I, there's something out there and I can just do it, you know? So that's one of the, that's one of the main th highlights that we're, we're really excited about. How about, how about for you personally, Carla? There's a lot. Um, I will tell you that I have recently gotten into kundalini yoga, and I would like to learn how to, uh, I would actually like to take the teacher training because I want to bring in, uh, you know, back to going back to our leaders, I want them all to be mindful based. And so there's a lot of breathing technique. And um, that's one of the things But I'm also, um, you know, I'm going to put it out there. Don't know if it will happen, but um, I'm one of the goals I have is uh, I might be moving and buying a cabin and I want to make it into like a retreat uh, place so that people who, you know, hike can come stay there and um, kind of had this vision when I was in India this year. So I, I, I'm very much driven by my intuition and my crazy ideas like 52 I challenge. Um but no, yeah, like that's one of the things that if everything goes as planned, I think that that's something that I'll be doing around June or July or somewhere so somewhere around that time of this year. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Sounds super exciting. Yeah. We'll, we'll look you. forward to visiting you there. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, guys, you guys will get a personal invite and so will all of the hiking community because the, the space is going to be essentially like a hiker's haven, but with a mindful component. Like everything I do in life is like 
it, it goes back to being mindful. It goes back to uh, really tapping into that inner voice that we all have that leads us to live authentic lives and, and passionate lives. And I just, I want to share that with people. I, I really do want more people to, 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 to have access to that. And I think nature is one of the best ways to get back in touch with that. I think one other exciting thing I saw last year, you did a trail that I know at least two of us here have done in the past, a long one in the Sierra Nevada. How was that for you? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I, so I did it this year. I, ju I just completed it in August and I will say one word for it. And I say this to everyone. It was brutal. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the impression you got from seeing my movie, how brutal it was? Isn't that, okay. that you know? Do you know, Jason, we went back and we watched it when we took a, a couple zero days in Mammoth and we were like, they do not tell you how hard it is. <laughs> <laughs> we were like, that I, is so much harder than, than I mean, and, and to be honest with you, your movie was a part of the inspiration and also uh, people that I met on the trails. There was a girl in particular that was like, that movie inspired me to come do it. And she would cry like every day, by the way. It was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I'm not going to say her name, but shout out. I'm going to tell her to listen in. She knows. So she actually was such a big fan of you guys. And I was like, oh, I know them. I'm going to tell them. Uh, um, so, no, I mean, I, I, you know, here's the thing. I have been, for me, hiking has been more of this, like, emotional and spiritual journey. And for me, the JMT was me continuing my path of healing with some really deep things that, you know, I think when you're hiking and you're processing deep seated, uh, false beliefs, you're not only in, not only physically defeated, but you're emotionally and mentally defeated. And so, you know, it was very physically demanding and it was a lot harder than I actually anticipated. Uh, I, I feel like I, I say it was like climbing San Gorgonio every day for 21 days straight. You know, that's how it felt to me. <laughs> um, it was hard. It was hard. And I, I just, I can't, I just personally would, I feel like I like backpacking and I like being out for three days and I'm a happy camper, but this really took me to a whole nother level of excruciating uh, grind. <laughs> So just for every, the people listening in, what we're talking about when we say the JMT is the John Muir Trail, which is a 211 mile trail. You actually end up doing about 230 miles altogether with uh, the hikes in and out to the trailheads and whatnot. But uh, uh, how many days did you hike that in, Carla? We did it in 21 days. I, I kind of messed up sometimes. I, I kept thinking it was 23, but we did it in 21 days. And we actually did exit uh, Kearsarge Pass which was also brutal. <laughs> um, so, so I think we clocked around 240 miles with, with, with that. And then we started in Cottonwood Pass as well. Um, so, so there were some things that we deviated a little bit and, um, you know, yeah, I mean, it, it was, it was a lot. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'm thankful for the experience going back to the goal setting. One of the biggest things that it taught me and I and I want to speak on is, you know, when you do something like the JMT, you know when you 
need to, you know, when you need to stop to resupply, you know, when you want to, you know, when you're going to be done because you run out of obviously supplies and stuff, but you kind of have a, a, a deadline, right? And so if you deviate from that, you're really putting your life at risk for, for many reasons. One is you could run out of food. Um, and, and just, you know, there's, there's a lot to consider when you're doing something like this, but the greatest gift that the, the journey gave me or that trek gave me was really giving me a newfound sense of, uh, I want to call it like responsibility in my life, right? Where I was like, if I can set a goal, like doing the JMT, and I do not veer from that goal because my life depends on it, I'm going to achieve anything I set my mind to. And when I came back, that newfound sense of responsibility was also kind of traumatizing because I was like oh man, I can't just come back home and just be like, whatever, because this JMT really allowed me to tap into this new level of power, I guess, so so to speak. And that's, again, going back to why I love Jeff's challenge or 52 hike challenges, because that's really the truth about hiking. You recognize and realize how, how much your mind stops you from doing what you really are capable of. And I don't think there's any better way to see it than when you're on a mountaintop. I, I totally agree. I, uh, one of the things that I love to do is after I we're coming down from, say, San Gorgonio, and we get back down into the valley, and we stop for a cold root beer float or whatever it might be, and we you look back at the, the mountain, and it's just so enormous and immense. And you link, how the heck could anybody climb that thing in a day? And, and then you, you have to realize, you know, we did that, you know, we just did that. And so what else can we do? <laughs> you know, what else can we do that seems insurmountable in our lives, but with some applied, you know, some planning, some, you know, preparation and some determination, you know, we can do it. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I loved, I, I know Jeff, you and I um, did a, we, we were in that panel and you shared that one, um, it was like something about setting a goal and how, you know, you can set a goal, but then you have to take those steps, you know, and, and it's so true. And, and, you know, I really do feel that, you know, I, I've read so many finisher stories because that is something that we do collect at the end of the year. We try to collect as many finisher stories. And, you know, people really do come out of a journey like Six Pack of Peaks or 52 Hike Challenge and they they go on to do some pretty incredible things because I think they tap into their subconscious, you know, that part of your brain that's like, you're not good enough, you can't do this. And when when the person keeps one foot in front of the other and they actually do it, they start questioning that inner, that negative inner dialogue that every single person has suffered, you know, suffered from at some point. So um, I'm really proud of us, Jeff, for, for, for sharing these journeys with people, that's for sure. Oh, for sure, yeah. Yeah, and I would say one of the great things about both of your challenges is that I think it's one thing to set a goal, but if the goal isn't something that's a little bit scary or a little bit daunting, then it's just something else you kind of have to do. But if you set that goal that just seems almost a little bit unachievable, you have to come up with a plan, right? You kind of have to have something to work towards. So, you know, for 52 hikes, it may be the time 
right? It may be like you need to make the time and so you need to create a calendar and a schedule and even if it's not long hikes and with the peaks, it's, you know, you have to get physically fit for them, which goes back to the 52 hike challenge. Yeah, I have that quote that you were thinking of, Carla. It's um, a quote from Greg Reed and he, it says, um, he says, a dream written down becomes a goal. A goal broken down into steps becomes a plan. And a plan backed by action makes your dreams come true. Ooh, I like that. Oh, it's a nice, I love it's a that. Nice I love that. Yeah. I love that. That's so great. And and it's so true. And it and that's the thing. Like I've seen and realized now that 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 is guaranteed. If you follow exactly what you just said, people's wildest dreams are cap. You know, they're 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 achievable. They're attainable. So, uh Love it. I want to be able to fly. Is that is that is that attainable? <laughs> okay. Well, you, you first have to write it down. Seat. Okay, I gotta write. If I write it down, please go buy the ticket. Yeah. Okay. You can fly anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. You gotta get get a little more specific. But just going back to the JMT, I hope the views were at least nice because it sounds like your experience was really hard. I, I feel I feel bad. <laughs> My my wife will uh, concur with your view, Carla. She says, we, we hiked the JMT together in 2010. We weren't married yet. So we, we weren't married or engaged. We were just dating at the time. And uh, she says, it's the hardest thing she's ever done. But it gave her such confidence to think, well, if I can do the JMT, you know, surely I can deal with this you know, unruly coworker that's giving me grief, you know, or whatever the problem might be, at, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis. So um, it, it is a transformative experience. With very nice views. <laughs> with very nice views. <laughs> a transformative experience with very nice views. I, I agree, gonna... but I think I would, like, like I can't really sit behind and be like, I recommend everyone do this, because I do think it is, it's it's a lot, but I do feel like people, you know what I would love to do is I would love to do it in sections. I think I would enjoy it a lot more that way, and I would recommend people like who are doing the 52, I would say, you know, if you want to do it, you know, I, I almost feel like I would recommend it for athletes, but, you know, if you're like me and you just like backpacking here and there, I would, I would like to see it more of a broken down like okay let's make it a year-long goal and maybe like every weekend i'm gonna go do this section or however you break it down but i mean there were some places that were so beautiful but like after a while it's like all the lakes start looking the same um because it's like every day you're just walking by gorgeous lakes you know so i don't know that's just my personal input on it but i, I have to be honest you know i, I never want to mislead or or you know um like I'm, tr I, I'm very authentic. So I want to stay authentic to that's how I felt. I just, you know, I think, um, I, I didn't know what I was really getting myself into. I didn't read the elevation profile and that is an honest statement. <laughs> just out of curiosity, like, um, how did you feel like say being in the wilderness? I mean, that long of like a wilderness exposure did, did, did that, was that something for you? Cause it's not for everyone, obviously. And, and there's certain people don't like, you know, certainly people love the three day wilderness experience. I mean, did you feel something like, you know, being outside of society that long or, or did you just kind of feel like every day was like a physical challenge and you didn't feel any sort of, you know, connection to the wilderness or connection to the place? 
Oh, no, I absolutely had the connection. I'll tell you something really funny. I actually had a major, like, freak out, like, the two days before I left. I think it finally dawned on me, like, oh, my gosh, I could die out there. Because the thing is, is that there was a, it was a high snow season year. So we were going to have snow on the passes. And, you know, we're talking about some serious elevation um, and even though I'm, you know, I've, I've taken mountaineering courses and things of that sort, we decided not to, um, based off of the reports, we just decided to not bring, you know, an ice axe and, and we kind of were like, we're reading that it's okay and, and et cetera, but there's still some snow. Um, but anyhow, our, our, so I had a freak out and um, then I got on the trail and I was like, okay, for the first couple days. And then on day three, we end up getting a, 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 a cute not cute, but we had a, a intruder in our camp. We had a, a, a bear. <laughs> so it was really crazy because everything that we didn't expect to happen happened. And it was like one day we got rained on and my, my girlfriend Connie's tent broke and, you know, my, my sleeping pad popped and then it started hailing. And, I mean, we were in a puddle. It was... It, it was an adventure, and I'll never forget it. Um, so it was it was amazing. I mean, I, I definitely do not regret it by any means, um, but it was just physically demanding. I don't know what else to say. Yeah, I think what, sometimes one of the best things about these experiences is I tell people you should try it because what you might find is like, God, I love through hiking. This is amazing. And what you might find is I hate through hiking and I never need to do it again. But like, you know, you can do it and you did it. Right. And you have that sense of accomplishment, but it doesn't mean that you need to like it or, you know, keep doing it. But you could be like, yep, been there, done that. And I'm going right back to my weekend trips. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it is. I agree with what you're saying 100 percent. Any other tips for uh, people setting goals for the the year ahead? Um, so let you know this year. Actually, I think this is perfect to to talk about this. This year, I led. Uh, a bunch of talks at REI and they were all vision board workshops and they were outdoor vision board workshops. And so I actually feel like I can really intelligently speak about this topic. So, so one of the things that I would highly recommend people do is really grab a couple beautiful magazine, like outdoor based magazines, um, you know, put out a, 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 a nice, you know, card, cardboard paper or whatever, craft piece of paper and, you know, start thinking about, I would, I would recommend people stick to a one-year goal to start just to kind of get them to focus. So think about what you want to accomplish outdoor, uh, outdoors-wise, you know, in 2020. And then, you know, you kind of stick to, like, let's say for someone, it's like I, I, my goal for next year is I want to go on one backpacking trip. So that would be your main goal. And then what you do after you cut out your picture of a backpacker, like paste it on your board or your sheet and that's your number one goal so there's steps you must take in between right and then you want to set a date of when you want to achieve that by so let's say you you set the date by september 30th 2020 and then what you want to do is you want to actually write down 
all the steps or things you need to do to get ready to actually do your backpacking trip. So you need to pick a location. And once you know your location, you know your mileage. So you have to train, right? So you can start with, you know, in the month of January, I'm going to hike one mile. And then I'm going to, you know, two weeks later, I'm going to hike two miles. And the next week, I'm going to hike four miles until you get up to that level of, 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 of mileage. And then now you want to start adding in more pack weight into your packs and start hiking with the with the you know with the heavier pack and you you need to collect you know your 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 gear or borrow and then you have to you know file for your permits if if necessary and so you see how you you basically start working through what you need to do to achieve that goal by that date and then you can break down those little goals into mini steps so i really love the vision board workshop because it really allowed for me to 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 help people to visualize which i think is super important to sit down and to to really see it on paper and to kind of go like oh hey this is actually quite attainable but if you don't sit down and you don't write it like jeff said earlier it's just too easy for things to kind of be something that you think about, but then you never actually go out and do. So I really want to encourage people to, you know, to do this vision board, you know, and to uh, focus on one thing they want to achieve, work their, work themselves or work the, uh, we call them steps backwards and put dates by all of them, you know, and put them, put, put it in your calendar while you're at it. Just go, Hey, you know, I said, I'm going to do this by this date. I'm going to put that date on my calendar that I'm going to go backpacking by this date. What I find most people do when they actually follow these tips is they've actually achieved their goal a lot sooner than they expected it to be uh, completed by. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, that, that would be my tip. And uh, I really wish all the listeners, you know, that they are successful and that they have lots of adventures in 2020 and that they're safe out there. That's the most important thing. Awesome. Thanks, Carla. Well, thanks again for being on the podcast. And, um, you know, of course, you know, we'll be following, keeping along with you and everything. Uh, Speaking of which, can just, why don't we tell all of our listeners how they can find you and where they can find you? For sure. Yeah, they can definitely go to our website. It's 52hikechallenge.com. And we, they can also follow us on social media, which is mainly at 52 Hike Challenge on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if they want to personally follow me, I'm at uh, Love Carla Amador on Instagram. So like sharing a lot about my journey there. So um, yeah, thank you guys so much. Absolutely. Thanks. Thanks, Carla. Yeah, thank you, Carla. So we're going to review three backpacking meals today. Uh, we have the Mesquite Barbecue Seasoned Chicken with Beans and Rice from Alpine Air. The Pad Say You with Chicken from Backpacker's Pantry. And the freeze or the Mexican Style Rice and Chicken from Mountain House. And uh, let's see how they stack up. Yes. Have, have you guys tried, any of you tried any of these before? I can't recall that I've done any of these, actually. So I have not tried the Mexican yeah. rice and chicken. Okay, so the first thing that you I should note is that the Alpine Air, which we're going to start with, this mesquite barbecue seasoned chicken with rice, beans and rice, it took a um, 10 to 12 minutes of sitting time. So, you know, you add your water, stir it up. Ah, there we go. And that's not at elevation. Not at elevation.
Okay, so I'm just going to dish out a, a little sampling for each of us, and we'll try it out. Consistency doesn't look bad. It's kind of thick. It's got some... some yeah. The beans look great. Yeah. The beans look good. good. Little tiny chunks of chicken. Yeah, not my favorite. <laughs> I feel like it even... It, it smells down, good. It does. <laughs> I feel the flavoring is good. The... the the, the the chicken didn't. Get, I would give it a little more time if you're gonna try it. The uh, the chicken didn't get all the way sort of uh, hydrated. A little crunchy. Mm-hmm. Mm, mine's good. Maybe yours. You got a bad uh, chicken. Maybe. But you know, chicken always is a little tough mm-hmm. when you rehydrate oh, it, yeah. anyways. So yeah, that's not too bad. It's got the barbecue sort of flavor, but it's a it reminds. Sweet. It's a little too sweet for me. Yeah, I would. That's just my personal thing. But, but the, the mesquite smokiness definitely comes through. I think if I was like after a really hard long day, I would I would definitely wolf this down, but it would maybe not be one I would pick just, you know, based now on this taste test. Okay, next up we have the Backpackers Pantry Pad Sayu with chicken. This one, uh it actually had a little bit of extra stuff. So there was a a packet of uh olive oil in there. So you had to put that in, and this takes um 17 to 19 minutes. That's a long time. So it's a long, long time, even here at oh. basically sea level. So it tastes better than it looks. Yeah, it's not the most attractive thing, but it, I and it hydrated well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The noodles are good. The noodles are good. The little vegetables they have in here, the broccoli or whatever, it's not too appealing looking. No, but it does kind of make you feel like you're eating your vegetables because it actually looks like broccoli. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you can always just turn off your headlamp and eat it that way, and then you know you won't be able to see it. So, so there's that. Well, it's hot, it's savory, it's filling. I think, it, you know, that would fit the bill. And I actually like it because a lot of times when I'm backpacking, I almost don't want something that's too flavorful one way or the other. Because I feel like I just, you know, a lot, especially if you're at altitude or sometimes you're not feeling well. So you just want something that's easy eating. And I feel like this would be really good for that. Yeah. This reminds me a little bit of like eating ramen. Mm-hmm. Almost. But with a little more extra stuff, you know. A little, little more refined than ramen. Not as salty. Maybe not quite as palatable as ramen. Ramen, you can just kind of scarf down. And... Okay, last up, we have, uh, we have the backpack. What is this? Mountain House. Mountain House. Uh, oh, this looks... This, to me, this looks really good. Ow! And it's hot. Consistently, Mountain House is always my favorite, so I'm I'm, I'm a little excited. For, most excited for this one. Now, no prejudging. Yeah, yeah. We have we have plenty for seconds here. I like. I can see uh, like a black olive slice in there. That's kind of nice. Mm. Red beans or um, what are these? Yeah, red beans. Yeah. Yeah, I like this one. Mm. I like the spiciness of it. I think that's super yummy. You could easily bring a tortilla. Do a little tortilla with a little cheese, wrap, wrap make a little up. wrap it up. Yep. Yeah. A little some, extra carbs, a little burrito. Some good kidney beans and the olives. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is my favorite of the three, certainly. I think for me, I would pick the Mexican style rice and chicken from uh, Mountain House is my favorite, followed by the Pad Sayu from Backpacker's Pantry. And then the Mesquite barbecue chicken from Alpine Air is last. It's not bad, but I just. That's the order I would put them in. I agree. I think I would also go go in that order. Um, I could see myself eating, get, getting the pod sayu and the Mexican rice down the road, but I don't think I would. I would get the um, the mesquite barbecue chicken one. One one other little factor is that the the Mountain House 
dish only takes eight to nine minutes to hydrate. That's nice. And it did hydrate well. The rice is good. Everything's solid. So, um, you know, that's half the time of the uh, Alpine Air dish. So um, that could be a factor if you're really hungry and you don't want to wait around. Also, if you're, it's cold yeah. The, and you know, you, you pour your water and that's, if it's twice as long, that's, you know, twice, you know, well, I don't know. There's probably some math or science involved that I don't get, but twice as much heat escaping. I, I would think it would work that way. So I went to art school. Forgive me if I'm wrong. Yeah, no, I think that's a good point. It's always good to look at the instructions, like the cooking instructions, not just look at the flavors of like, oh, that sounds good. But I think it's really important when you're choosing backpacking meals to look at the back to see one, how long it takes. I made, I don't know if I mentioned this in the lot before, but I made the fatal error once of getting, um, I think it was huevos rancheros. It was some egg dish. And I was like, oh, this sounds so good. And I brought it backpacking and realized it was a multi-step process where you had to hydrate it and then cook it in a skillet. And I didn't have a skillet. So I had huevos ranchero soup for breakfast. Yum, yeah, smoothie. It was a smoothie. It was an <laughs> a egg protein smoothie. smoothie. I, I yeah. did that with a, some friends of mine backpacking. Did this exact same thing. They poured the water, and they didn't even read the package. They yeah. just poured the water in and and just waited. Yeah. And then after the you know so so much time went by, they went, oh, this is still soupy. And I'm like, did you read? It says cook in a skillet. Those are good, though. I, 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 in the Arctic, I had those. And I, knowing that you, yeah. you did have to cook them after, and I have to say, you know, with that knowledge and whatever, I, I, did, I did enjoy them. Yeah. No, and it was funny because the taste was right. Like, that was the other weird thing because that was my breakfast, so I had to eat it. So it was a weird thing of, like, the flavor profile was right, but clearly the consistency was all wrong. Yeah. So. Well, it's, it's kind of like in Rocky when he just cracks the, the eggs into the glass and swallows them whole. <laughs> so uh, real quickly, one other thing about these meals is that they're all two-serving packages. So you need to decide, and, and this is something you can only find from sort of your own personal experience, is that... Uh, too much food for one person? Is it too little food for two people? Is it just right for two people? And that's something that, you know, like Jason, you know, you might want to have both the whole package. You know, I probably do the whole package. Severia, I don't know. You might want to do half. Yep. Nope. I cannot do a full two serving. But it, the hard thing is a lot of times it feels like it's not quite enough for two people, but it's too much for one person. Um, so I've tended to start looking for more single serving because it's tend to be better. Yeah, the other way to do that is to go ahead and break it into two servings, but then supplement with other things. So like have some tortillas, like you mentioned, or some cheese on the side just to kind of add something to that. Yeah, I mean, I'd make a pod say you burrito. I mean, any anything can be turned into a burrito. Pretty much if you have any a tortilla. backpacking food is good material for burrito. I mean, we could like get some pod say you turn it get buy a food truck here in LA and make pod sayu burritos and like foodies would show up because it would oh, be a for thing. Sure. Yeah. It would be a thing. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You, can, you can totally do that. Um, I think I, I sometimes, a lot of it depends on whether or not I like it. Like if I really like the meal, I'll wolf the whole thing down and want to, and maybe even do two more servings. But I do run into the situation sometimes where I try a new one in the backcountry, and you don't like it. So you have like, you can only maybe eat half of it or a third of it. And then you got to pack it out with all the water in it. So there, there, that happens as well. So, um, you know, this is why it's nice to try these before you go. It can be kind of expensive because these meals aren't cheap, but, um, you know, and then find your favorites and try to stick those and supplement them with new ones every once in a while. 
Yeah, and you also brought up a good point of the splitting the servings. So if you know you're going to eat them if you're on a long enough trip, right before the trip, you can open the bag, divide it into two equal portions into like a Ziploc freezer bag or something that you could cook it in. Yeah. Right. Yeah. In fact, that's one of the things I want to try is uh, breaking it up into uh, quart size freezer bags, Ziploc bags. And then I have a little um, insulated bag here that that'll fit perfectly. I'm going to test that out, you know, in the future. We'll do a little review of that. And just also, how many calories do each of these have, Jeff? They're all in the range of, uh, let's see, 350 calories per serving, three, uh, 360 calories per serving, and 320 calories per serving. And that's two servings per package. So if you ate the whole yeah. thing, it's, you know, 700 plus. And, then, and that's a factor. I mean, if you're doing long, hard days, I mean, 350 calorie dinner is not a lot if you're going to be burning it several is, thousand it's on It's not a enough. Day. Yeah. I mean, so. if you're burning 5,000 calories a day on a through hike, you know, that's not enough. Well, that's going to wrap up this episode. Uh, thanks for listening to the Almost There Adventure podcast. Our next episode is going to be focused on everyday heroes. So tune in for that in two weeks. If you'd like to find us, we're on Instagram at almost there underscore AP. We have a Facebook page. If you'd like to find Jeff, you can find him at SoCal Hiker on Instagram and Facebook. If you'd like to find Severia, you can find her at Adventure Us Women, A D V N T U R U S Women on Instagram. And if you'd like to find me, you can find me at The Muir Project on Instagram or at just The Muir Project Facebook page. Thanks again for listening. Give us a like. Give us a subscription. Please follow us. Uh, it's, it would be a big help for us in getting this thing up and running. Um, we're just starting, so we have like no followers of any kind, and our self-esteem is really low. So if you could help us out with that, we'd really appreciate it. <laughs> you could be the one. You could be the yeah. one. You could you be could the you- first one. Make our day. Yes. So tune in, guys, and we'll see you in two weeks. Thank you.